Hi, this is Sensei James Leonelli from Sensei's Weekly Mindset, and I'm here to talk to you about BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball, soccer, and esports. Don't forget my personal favorite, MMA. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, we can help you find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget Bet Online for NHL, boxing, golf, and like I said, my personal favorite, the sport of MMA. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Life isn't always easy, and you don't have to face it alone. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you have access to a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of needs. To get started, you simply answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's most convenient for you. The best part is, if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, all from the comfort at home. To start your journey and to get 10% off of your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash sensei. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash sensei. BetterHelp, you deserve to be happy. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sensei's Weekly Mindset. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor at Tiger Shulmanson Smithtown. Once again, I am back in my home recording space, ready to give you guys this week's food for thought as per usual, joined by my furry co-host Slade, sleeping by my side. It's a little sleepy this morning. We uh, we took a three-mile walk on the beach this morning, so he's a little worn out, a little bit. Not that he's done for the day, don't you worry. But nonetheless... Uh, I wanted to get this week's podcast set for you because we are now in the shadow of uh, Flex Fight Series 22, Smack to the Future, which was a absolutely massive undertaking, which I will get to in a moment. Um, and the lesson that we learned, that I learned anyway, that I took back from it, uh, which is, uh, it's a familiar concept, and it's something we've talked about significantly in the past, but it's something I think you can never talk about quite enough. So I'll get to that mindset in a moment, but let's first talk about Flex Fight Series 22, the night that it was, the afternoon that it was, and why it was such a massive undertaking. So, long story short, to make this process, to make the, the understanding this as simple as possible, we had three cards on that uh, on Saturday night, effectively three cards, even though really it was only two, effectively it was three. So there was an afternoon card, doors opening at 12, uh, 12 noon, and the fight started shortly after, about 1230, 
And from there, there was a whole mess of fights. I'm going to estimate about 17 or 18. Uh, then, after that card had concluded, we had a break of about an hour, hour and a half. And then doors opening at 7 for an 8 o'clock start time uh, for a four-fight pro MMA card, followed by a bunch of amateur MMA and kickboxing bouts after that. Title fights, um, title contender fights, and so forth after that, all in the amateur ranks. Um, and we, the day started, like I said, um, doors opened at noon. Um, I got to my seat next to the cage about one o'clock or so. Um, slight miscommunication. I thought I thought I needed to be there around one, actually needed to be there around 1230. Nonetheless, I, I was able to get in there and, uh, uh, really just do a little bit extra with the commentary team because there was a great commentary team for the for the preliminary card for the afternoon card we had ben the bane davis who was with me on the main card as well joining him were uh some gentlemen harry mack from uh, my bookie's basement and ike tagon who another big personality in the mma media space on long island um <clears throat> excuse me now both of those gentlemen were the main commentary team along with ben the bane davis um, and they used me kind of in the what would be referred to as the Dean, Tom, the Dean Thomas role, where in between rounds they would throw to me uh, for you know whatever highlights I saw, what adjustments I'd be making for the fighters, what I thought the story of the fight was to this point, and it worked out really really well. It was a nice supplement to what they had, and I think everything went great. So uh, I got to my chair like I said about one o'clock in the afternoon. I walked out of the venue at two fifteen in the morning. So crazy long day, um, and there were a lot of hiccups along the way, some that were just unavoidable because of the fact that we were having three cards in one day, uh, and some that were unforeseen, that couldn't be foreseen, um, and some that were just the nature of dealing with some of the, the sanctioning bodies that we had to deal with. So the afternoon card went off mostly without a hitch. Um, you know, minor delay here or there for a minute or two, nothing too, too crazy. Uh, then we get to the end of that card. And at the end of that card, we had to clear the venue of all the fans. All the fans, all the fighters who fought on the preliminary card, unless they had just fought, like those guys, I would say, a little bit of time. Uh, all the coaches and families and all of that, everybody had to clear the venue. Literally everybody. And that was, again, about an hour and a half before showtime. And then from there, we had uh, a little bit of a break to set things up and to get the New York State Athletic Commission in. Because the New York State Athletic Commission is the only sanctioning body for pro-MMA in New York, whereas there are a few different sanctioning bodies for MMA or amateur MMA and kickboxing in New York. And we deal mainly with the ISKA. Even the ISKA had to go, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then there was that hour and a half period. Uh, Myself, Ben Davis, went and got a little something to eat, uh, which took a little longer than we had anticipated. We still got back, eight, and there was still like another 45 minutes until the doors were supposed to open. And at that point, we look up in the cage, and there's some gentlemen from the New York State Athletic Commission, and they were not happy with some ways some of the things in the cage looked. Um, I could give you my opinion on that, but it's kind of irrelevant. Uh, though it did kind of feel like some nitpicking stuff. Um, they were going through the cage and anytime, if from any angle, like, and I'm, I'm not talking like looking straight at 
they could see stuff they didn't like if like they could like crane their head and behind a pad see something that they didn't like uh like a bolt that was part of the thing holding the cage together or something like that you know a piece of the metal frame if it was in any way visible they didn't like it so myself a few other of, of the uh, stage crew even matchmaker chris machi and his father and mother were there were cutting pieces of foam and just gaffers taping them in place over the things that they don't like um and obviously this takes a good little while and we're in a race against the clock because doors are supposed to open at seven and the new york state athletic commission is very stringent about start times and so forth if you say you're going to start at eight you're starting at eight it just is so we needed time to get all the fans in before starting the fights um and that in and of itself was a bit of a headache and a bit of a nightmare you know i got my suit jacket tossed somewhere i'm my dress shirt just like <laughs> helping guys pull velcro and gaffers tape through this through the cage and uh, you know cutting pieces of, of foam and all, all this crazy stuff working with all these people and we got it all without much of a hitch at all it was really you know, it, it was very impressive to think about the big hiccup that that was and then even after we finished the referee and one of the referees and one of the commissioners went back on the cage. And again, it felt for lack of a better word, like they were looking for something to nitpick and they found a little more and we were able to adjust that. I was less of a part of that process. Um, and then it was showtime and the pro part of the card again, went off pretty much without a hitch. Um, we did lose. We were supposed to have pro five pro fights, lost one, about a week or so before showtime, not really sure what happened there, but again, that pain in the neck. Um, and then on top of that, uh, just the headaches that are dealing with pro MMA, there's insurances that you need, there's sanctioning body you got to deal with. I mean, it's a separate one from the amateur one. So now you're dealing with two sanctioning bodies who you've got to communicate with about one thing and the other and, and this and that and the other. And, um, who do you who do you deal with directly as a pro? Who do you deal, deal with their manager? Blah 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 blah. That all these headaches added by adding pro MMA pro MMA into the mix. So four fights go off without a hitch, and then New York State Athletic Commission goes, and with that, in comes ISKA again. So again, there's a little a very brief pause um, for that to happen. Again, for, it didn't feel extraordinarily long. To be honest, um, while I was there, in the, it, I, I didn't keep track of time to tell you how long it was, but it didn't feel long at all. Um, I think I had time to use the restroom and then come back. Maybe that was about, and um, in a very short order, we were set up, uh, Andrew Park, face of, of, in the cage, cage announcer, our Bruce Buffer, if you will, uh, did a great job of keeping the, the, um, the crowd engaged and so forth, and on went the show. And um, then from there, First preliminary, first amateur fight goes off without a hitch. Second amateur fight out off without a hitch, except until the end of the first round. End of the first round, one of the fighters is having some trouble leaving the corner. He's like rubbing at his eye and rubbing at his eye. And he's Georgian. His English is okay. It's not great. Um, his coach is, uh, English is okay, but not great. Um, and, um, it was an interesting moment where he didn't answer the bell for the second round, thus ending the fight. And he was claiming that he got poked in the eye. And 
again, have another chance to watch the fight, the fight back. So hard for me to make a real determination because in the moment I didn't see him get poked in the eye. Um, it, it was a very grappling heavy fight. So very difficult to tell if there was even a moment where someone could get poked in the eye. I, I, I didn't see the typical body language that you see from someone who get poked in the eye, nor did I see a moment where his opponent really had an opportunity to poke him in the eye. Um, so not really sure what happened there. Again, I'll have to watch the fight back uh, to really be able to tell what happened in that moment. But more importantly, uh, now he gets taken out by ambulance. And credit to the medical team. They did a fantastic job of getting him out, of getting him the medical attention that he needed. And they, did a, they moved quickly. They moved effectively. They got him out. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. Uh, and one of the things about local MMA shows like this is if a fighter leaves by ambulance, uh, there's typically one ambulance per show, and uh, we are not allowed to continue the show until that ambulance returns. Now, the distance from the venue to the nearest hospital is marginal. I, if I had to measure it in miles, uh, Dave Delaraca, one of my, my main card uh, broadcasting partners, he mentioned something to the effect of he thought it was about three miles. And it seemed that seems fair. Maybe, maybe if we wanted to be generous, we'd say five. So five miles, sirens going. You have to imagine it wouldn't take very long if we're if we're if we're overestimating. We'll say maybe it'll take ten minutes to get there, another ten to get him out of the ambulance, and another ten to get back. Maybe. Right? If we get, we're, we're making high estimates. And for reasons that I never got to know. The, it took the ambulance over an hour to get back. I'm not exactly sure how long because, again, I wasn't watching the clock when they left. I wasn't cognizant of a clock when they came back, so it's not like I had a timer going, but I know it was over an hour. And at this point, uh, Ben Davis, who was to my left, had been calling fights since 1230 in the afternoon. I'd been there from 1 o'clock. Um, he had done two more fights than I had, and he's very animated and very involved in what he's doing. Um, it's already after 10, as I'm recalling. Um, and now we're left in a moment where we kind of have to kill some clock here. We have to, we have to get the clock. Uh, we, we have to fill this clock some way somehow because people are watching the pay-per-view and there's only so much that Andrew Park can do in the cage. You know, uh, there was a raffle from one of the sponsors and um it, it became a comedy of errors as they pulled one raffle ticket and the person wasn't in the venue and then they pulled a second raffle ticket and that person still wasn't in the venue and then went to a third maybe even a fourth and it got to the point where we were like making jokes about like all right andrew just just throw it at somebody just throw throw the raffle prize at somebody whoever catches it they win the raffle um you know one of the guys they called was was named dave i'm like hey i know a dave so worst case we can give it to dave de Rocca if we need a dave to give it to um we found ourselves filling the clock however we could. And we did so by talking about what was going on in there. There was a little bit of a halftime show, sort of, um, like a, a dancer who was already up on like a stage somewhere. They brought her into the cage to try to entertain a bit. Um, then on top of that, we got to talking about what was going on later in the card, what had already happened on the card, uh, some of the title fights that we had later, some of the, the things that we were able to speak to in terms of the people's performances in the past or the challenges we saw them overcome. Some of the things that we saw from 
from this card. We got to talk about the UFC card that had happened already because it was an earlier card uh, on Saturday night. And we talked about the boxing match that was happening on Saturday night as well. Uh, Javante Tank Davis versus Ryan Garcia. We got to talk about that too. So we really just did what we could to do exactly what I wanted to talk about today, which was roll with the punches. That was the best that we could do in that time was to roll with the punches because the punches were coming. There was nothing we could do about them. And we had, we were forced to roll with them. And, you know, obviously I'm quite a few things that I laid out to you that were obstacles, that were things that came in those moments, but that's not even talking about um, fights that got scratched at, you know, at the weigh-ins because someone didn't show up or fights that got scratched day of because a fighter was sick um, or like bout reordering after like from Friday night to Saturday morning. Um, because this person was promised they were go could go first, and then that put them a little too close to one of their teammates, and they had to shuffle that around. So, not even counting all of that, there was uh, all these punches that we had to roll with. So, certainly a difficult thing, certainly something that was a challenge. But the lesson to take from all of it is to roll with the punches. And as much as that is obviously a striking lesson. It's also a lesson in life because life throws punches at you all the time. Challenges, obstacles, all sorts of difficulty. That's just going to happen. That's how life works. But when the punches are coming, if you just put your guard down and take them, you're defeated by life, right? You're thrown off of your path. You don't find your way to do whatever it is that you were shooting out to do. And you find yourself not able to do those things, not able to achieve what you set out to, not able to reach the heights that you were hoping for. You get defeated by the life's challenges. And the thing is, those challenges that life brings are really tough. Right? Life never brings anything easily to us. It just doesn't happen. That's a normal part of the process. We're well aware that that is what life does to us. And, you know, sometimes it's things we can't avoid. You know, they always say there's certain there's certainties in life, death and taxes. And yes, both of those things are difficulties, but there's additional difficulties as well. Right. And there's going to be some things that are just par for the course, things that are expected, things that you know are going to happen. Taxes being an example, we just passed tax day. Right. So these type of things we know are par for the course. We know they're to be expected. But then there's the unexpected stuff. Then there's the other things that life throws our way. And when that stuff's coming at you, when that stress is coming at you, if you just shut down, if you just crumble under that pressure, nothing positive gets achieved. But if instead you're able to roll with those punches a little bit, to move yourself around what's coming at you, the danger that's coming your way, you'll find a way. You'll be able to turn those negatives, not into positives necessarily, but into opportunities, because the opportunities will exist for sure. That's why it's so important to have all the tools that you can in your back pocket. That's why it's such an important thing to build perseverance. I feel like perseverance is something we talk about almost on a weekly basis on the show. But to me, it's the kind of thing that is so very important. It's incredibly important. It's the most important thing. It's one of the most important lessons my parents ever taught me. We talked about it last week. Um, 
but it goes beyond that, right? It was funny. I was talking with one of the coaches who I've spoken about before, uh, Professor X, while Ben and I were waiting for our food uh, from, from Mutant MMA, Professor X, I call him Tango Seppi is his name. And Tango and I were having a conversation. And he goes, you know, people will come to me and they'll, they'll say like, you know, I want you to make me a super tough blah, 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 fighter, this, that, the other, blah, blah, blah. And um, he goes, I, I can't make you a good fighter. I won't make you a good fighter, but I will make you a good man. I will help you find the good man that's within you. And that good man will likely reveal a fighter, likely. And, but because that's the thing, right? When we think about someone who is a good man, we don't just think about someone who's kind. That's part of it, don't get me wrong. Kind is nice, and it's a very important part of being a good, a good person. But when I think of a good man, I think of someone who won't be deterred from his goals, who never lets the negativity in his life def uh, keep him from what's important, or let those negatives that life throws at him turn him into someone he does he's not proud of um, in front of those the people that are most important to to him, right? Like, for example, if you if you're having a crummy day and you wind up snapping at your kids or your spouse or your coworkers, in those moments, like I'm human, we've all had them. I don't think I feel like a very good man in those moments. Now we know they're human, but nonetheless. And when I think of a good man, I think of someone who has a commitment to themselves, to their families, to their goals, right? Who, who make sure that they're always providing to be better than they were before. To me, that's what a good person is all about. Not only good morals and good character, right? But good morals and good character always go back to being able to overcome as well, to persevere as well. And to me, that's one of the greatest things that adversity reveals because adversity reveals character. It just does, right? There's, there's no other way to reveal character at the speed and at the efficiency that adversity does it. Adversity does it better than anything in life. I have yet to meet anything that reveals character quicker than adversity, right? There are some people who when the chips are even, not, not even down, they're just falling a little. When those chips are falling, you find a whole different version of that person, right? They're willing to lie, cheat, and steal real quick. But then you meet some other people who just never change who they are. They can be going through it. Their families can be going through it. They can be having the toughest of the tough challenges. And they're still that person because the adversity is just revealing their character more. Right. And that's the thing. Um, that, to me, that's what, what rolling with the punches is really about. Like the, the truest you is revealed when things get tough, right? There's just That's just how it is. When things get tough, you have to find out if you're the type of person who will crumble under pressure or if you're the type of person who will persevere. And the great news is you can find that out without having to wait for life inevitably throwing a challenge your way. You don't have to wait for that. Instead, you can put yourself voluntarily through challenge. You can join a martial arts school. You can do something tough like run a marathon. You can even just work out on the daily, just do something that's going to be tough. Do something that's going to be hard for you and then work at it and work at it. And when there's adversity, when it's too cold or you're too tired or it's too hot or you've had a long day or a long week or you're sore or whatever, are you going to let that stop you or are you going to push yourself past? Are you going to find the way to not give up? The, quest the answer to that question can be answered easily. 
Just subject yourself to a little adversity. And here's the best part. If you don't like the person that you see on the other side of that adversity, you have the power to change it. Just keep submitting yourself to more adversity. And before too long, before too long, you'll start finding a better version of yourself. You'll find that new version that you love. Right? Put some more punches in front of you, literally or figuratively, because the more of them that there are, the more chance that you have to roll with them and build that true self. Not just reveal it, but build it into the type of person that you dream of being. So that's all I have for you guys this week. As always, you can reach me via email, senseileonelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at sensei underscore leonelli. You can find my school online at, excuse me, on Facebook. I'm Sensei James Leonelli. And you can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com, Facebook.com, excuse me, Facebook.com slash Tiger Shulman Smithtown for our Facebook page at, at TSMMA underscore Smithtown on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find out more about the Tiger Shulman's organization as a whole at tsk.com. You can find out more about Flex Fights at www.flexfights.com. Uh, you can find everywhere I'm on the internet at linktree, linktr.ee slash sensei Leonelli, S-E-N-S-E-I-L-E-O-N-E-L-L-I. Uh, and from there, you can see all the sponsors for the podcast as well. So if you missed any of the links at the beginning, you can always see them there uh, on my link tree as well. Make sure that you guys subscribe, get your new episodes every Wednesday. Sorry about the delay last week, a global uh, issue with the hosting site, but that has been resolved. So shouldn't be any more delays after that. Make sure that you guys rate and review. It just helps. But the single most important thing that you can do is subscribe, excuse me, share the podcast. Send it to as many people as necessary. The more people that we have listening, the better. Uh, you know, I don't advertise for this show whatsoever. So word of mouth is the only advertising that I have. And I appreciate uh, whatever word of mouth that you give me. So with that being said, my friends, until next time, invest in yourselves. And I'll see you guys on the mat.